Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jill Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining another episode of Mad Lit Musings. I am super excited today because I have one of my closest friends and a marvelous human being by the name of Kimberly Woodhouse. So three cheers for Kimberly. Yay. <laughs> and, Kim, and Kim is like legit bringing us some special stuff today because she has two books that have just released. So tell us a little bit about for readers who don't know who you are, which would be shocking to me, but if they don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about what you write and then tell us about these two new books. Okay. Well, my name is Kim. And I just turned in, I think it's my 30th book or my 31st book or something wow. like that. That's awesome. um, so I'm writing, I think 32 and 33 right now. I think, I don't know. I've lost count, but um, Ever Constant is the third book in the Treasures of Gnome series. And it just released a couple weeks ago and it is beautiful. Oh, look, Jamie has it. I know if you're uh, watching on YouTube, I have a picture of it. Yay. Yay. Uh, it's beautiful cover. I think it's Gorgeous. probably my favorite. Yes. So far, they just outdid themselves completely on this cover. And it has been a wonderful series to write because we've had three musical redhead sisters, you know, that have journeyed through this, this series. And we've seen all of their adventures with their sheep and their cows and their chickens and their dogs <laughs> and everything on their, on their farm. We've had a lot of fun farm stories, but also the, just the nitty gritty, the depth of relationships and mm -hmm. loss and uncon unconditional love is just really, really huge. Um, and this book, we really have put Whitney through the ringer. So I've written that series with Tracy. And then the other book is A Deep Divide. I'll hold it up. And that's my first book in the Secrets of the Canyon series. And that's also from Bethany House. Takes place at the Grand Canyon, has the Harvey Girls has quite a bit of suspense in yes. it, which I love. So yeah. I love writing historical, but I've always loved the element mm -hmm. of suspense. My first fiction was actually contemporary, high action suspense. And that, I didn't realize so, that. Yeah, that's where my my heart has always been, having a thread of suspense. But history is my true love because I just <laughs> I love digging in history and I love research. So it's and a joy. I'm just excited about these two and hoping people will read them. Awesome. And a deep divide is the Grand Canyon, right? Yes. Not just any canyon. Right. It it's is Grand Canyon. Right. The Grand Canyon. All three books take place there. The second book is called A Gem of Truth. Um, the third book is not titled yet, but second book comes out in September. I'm and then the hearing you. Sorry. <laughs> my uh, watch thinks I'm talking. Your watch is it. talking to you. Every now and then my um it's a little round circular thing from Amazon. She'll, she'll start <laughs> responding to me too. So <laughs> I guess I must've hit something. We'll take that off. For now. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Grand Canyon. And so September is the next book. And then January finishes the series um, in Secrets of the Canyon. So I'm really excited about that. Great, great. So we were talking a little bit before we came on that both books have some pretty deep topics. Mm -hmm. And you all know that I like to talk books and then immediately go into the deep stuff. Yes. The um, one that really interested me, though, that you mentioned was 
with um, Ever Constant, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you you put Whitney through the ringer, um, but she struggles with something very specific. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us a little bit about that without any spoilers for the story? Yeah, without any spoilers. <laughs> Let me try. <laughs> Let me try really hard. Um, we deal with addiction okay. with her and it is a coping and a healing mechanism for her. And it's something that I think all of us have dealt with in some form or another, how we've had to deal with a crisis or with a grief or um, with some catastrophe, you know, that's happened to us. And it was really raw bringing that out Mm -hmm. in this character and bringing it out for her to see how much she had been trying to handle everything on her own. Mm. And I know I do that in myself, in my own life. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I take take the reins and I try to take over, you know, for myself because it just, life gets stinky and it gets stressful. And I just think, okay, this is the only way I'm going to be able to do this is if I just hunker down. (sighs) Right. And Whitney is very strong. She's an amazing character. She's kind of been the glue that has held you know, the family together because she's the oldest sibling. And that's why we saved her for last. Sure. And yet she has to go through this crisis um, of health crisis of faith, um, this addiction that she doesn't even want to acknowledge, I think for a long time mm-hmm. and understanding how, you know, the real cure for it and the real way to deal with things is only through, through God that doesn't make the addiction go away but right. it just helps her to see where, where she needs to be putting her focus and her faith. Mm-hmm. So it's really dealing with faith and trust yes. and, and, and what you're relying on to get you through those difficult times, which sort of segues a little bit into a deep divide too. Cause didn't you say that character is also dealing with the issue of trust and learning yes. trust? Mm-hmm. Okay. Emma Grace in a deep divide at the very beginning of the book. Hopefully this isn't going to be a big spoiler, but mm-hmm. she's kidnapped as a child. Right. And a lot of other things happen that just makes her not trust, especially men. Yes. And she is also trying to do everything on her own, but for Emma Grace, it's really difficult for her because she does not have faith. Um, she does not have a relationship with the Lord. So she's completely all alone okay. and has to come to the point of understanding that men are always going to fail her. Women are always going to fail, you know, as people, we're going to fail it, but God will not fail. And she has to overcome fear. That's another big part of it. And I think fear and trust go hand in hand. Cause sometimes yeah. we do let our fear overtake everything. And then we don't trust. Right. Anyway. Right. Absolutely. And so when you're looking at it from either a writer's perspective or just from this perspective of being a human, um, how do you personally navigate through faith and avoid the pitfalls along the way of relying on addiction or relying on ourself? Um, and for people who are listening, who may not have a relationship with the Lord, you know, how do you navigate this stuff? You know, a life is lately for everybody, not fun. It's pretty stinky. It is. 
We were just talking about that a minute ago. <laughs> yes, we were. We were. It's pretty stinky. There's some really tough stuff going on and we've gone through a lot and I've never, whenever we speak or I share our story or anything, I never want anybody to think that I'm saying that what we've gone through is any worse than anyone else. Cause I think we all go through junk and yes. we all go through horrible um, things, but understanding that for me, I had to get to the point where I realized I didn't need anything else, but my relationship with the Lord. Um, our daughter has a rare nerve disorder and we went through all kinds of stuff with her as, as we were raising her and she had to have brain surgery and, um, we had to sell our house, um, to pay for the brain surgery because insurance wouldn't cover us because her disorder starts with hereditary. So back then, you know, we never had sure. insurance, um, for any of us, they wouldn't cover any of our family as soon as she was diagnosed at three mm -hmm. years old wow. because it was called hereditary sensory autonomic neuropathy. So that was tough. You know, when you owe three quarters of a million dollars to hospitals and doctors and anesthesiologists and, <laughs> and all of that. And, you know, we sold our house and it fell through four times because oh, the mortgage market had bombed, you know, so mm -hmm. many different things happen. We just, the upheaval, the ups and downs, and just, you keep thinking, what am I going to do? And I finally told my husband, I was like, well, we could live in an air conditioned box, but as long as we're together, mm. we'll be fine because Kayla has to live in air conditioning because mm -hmm. that's part of her disorder. Right. But grabbing onto joy was the biggest thing for me and understanding that joy, a lot of people say that it's a choice, but I think the choice is actually grabbing onto God. Mm. because as a believer, as soon as I have that relationship with God, his joy is always available to me. Yeah. It's my job to grab onto it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of times I think when we let go of that joy, because again, it's our own control freakish self, right? Right. Or the fact that <laughs> um, we think, okay, this is the only way it's going to get done is if I hunker down, you know, just like what we were talking about earlier, if I just take the reins and, and handle this. And yet there is no joy in that, but his wow. joy is always available. So we talk about joy through trials mm -hmm. um, because you can have joy through the darkest and deepest um, times. You can have joy and understand that, you know, it is okay and you will make it to the other side. You may not have any idea how you're going to do it at this point, but it's also a a big relief to be able to let go. Mm, yeah. And, um, realize I don't have to carry this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And not carrying it and letting go is often the biggest part of the struggle. You yeah, know, it, it is because fear is driving us. And I think that's where a lot of people do fall back onto addiction, um, of different types, because it's, it's a mask instead of letting go you're masking your fear, you're masking yeah. your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're surviving. Mm, yeah. But there's not the joy in it necessarily. And then mm. you, you pack on potentially guilt and shame and whatever else may come along with it as time goes on and the other consequences that, that come along with it. So I love that concept of letting go. Kim, how do you let go? <laughs> That is a really good one. Cause it's uh, a great concept, <laughs> especially for, and I will be completely honest. I am a control freak. 
I am a serious control freak. And, you know, my husband says I'm OCD, which I'm not, but I'm probably pretty close. <laughs> I definitely have tendencies in that area. Yeah, I have a few, um, a few possibilities. <laughs> but, you know, one of the biggest things I think was my kids. My kids helped me learn and helped me see um, Josh, you know, because I would share with them what I was studying, what I was learning at the time. And I had been memorizing James 1, 2 through 4 when we first found out everything about Kayla. Mm. And um, I said those verses over and over again, you know, to the kiddos. And my son was just a little toddler, you know, maybe three or four at the time. And I remember him saying one day when I was just losing it. And he said, he goes, mommy, do you need more joy? <laughs> oh, how precious. And we had this whole little conversation, you know, me and a three, four-year-old mm-hmm. this conversation and I realized how tightly I was holding on mm. to everything, you know, like my fists, just right. holding on for dear life. Like I could actually do something about it. And I couldn't, I couldn't right. do anything about it. I can do my best and go day by day and step by step and mm-hmm. um, choose joy. Yes. But I could not do anything about all of these other circumstances. It was not in my control. So why was I trying to control it? And why couldn't I let go of it? So it reminded me of, you know, when your kids are little Mm -hmm. and you have a baby in a car seat and you have the diaper bag and you have the porta crib and all of this stuff that you're trying to take with you to wherever you have to go. Cause you know, babies, you need a truck just to carry everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's us when we're not letting go, we're carrying all of this stuff. And God is looking at us saying, Hey, why don't you let me take some of that from you? <laughs> I know I got it. I'm going to be superwoman. You know, I got it. <laughs> but no, I mean, letting go. So that's my, my biggest reminder is yeah. like, I, this is none, none of this is in my control. Mm-hmm. I need to let go. I need to do my best with what is in front of me and I need to let go right. of it. And that's, I, it's a constant thing for me, letting go and just yeah. reminding myself to open my hands rather than having my fists right, right. around everything. Yeah. I think it's definitely a recurring theme in most of our lives, maybe, maybe to different, <laughs> different varying degrees, but I think we can all relate as we're listening that letting go is difficult. However, yeah. the relief mm. when you do finally genuinely let go reminds me of those times when I was little and I was scared and I just crawled mm-hmm. on dad's lap and yeah. he rocked me and said, honey, everything's going to be okay. And I remember very specifically, he would never give me an explanation as to what he was going to do to solve my, <laughs> you know, four-year-old problem, right. but he'd start singing a song or rocking in the rock, whatever dads do to comfort the little girls. Mm-hmm. And I-, I picture the Lord being that way. And I think, yeah. Um, when we can finally just kind of crawl up and say, <laughs> help. Yeah. It's when, well, when we, when we unclench our fists, you know, when we, mm-hmm. when we literally let go, right. Know, open our hands, our hands are then open for like my little boy to put his hand in mine yes. or my little girl to put her hand in mine, you know, yeah. for me to hold my husband's hand, for me to receive whatever gift, you know, so whenever our hands are open, there's so much more that we can be 
blessed with, you know, when our hands are closed, right. when we're the ones holding on to everything that, mm-hmm. you know, that visual to me, I think is just what's really big because when I'm doing this, I'm actually accomplishing nothing. <laughs> true. True. So, so thanks for the hand. reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all right. We all need that reminder. This is great. Yeah. Well, it sounds like these two books are going to be good reads for more than just entertainment purposes, but that I hope so. Anybody yeah. reading will also potentially be challenged a little bit in their trust and their faith and, and their life. So um, Kim, how do readers find you and find Tracy Peterson, who you also co-wrote yeah. um, Ever Constant with? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they find you guys? Um, well, you can just find me at my website, Kimberly okay. Woodhouse, just dot com kimberlywoodhouse.com I can talk and um, just make sure you spell it l-e-y but I think we have it we have the domain for l-y too I think I think it'll reroute you even if you try to go to kimwoodhouse.com I think it'll come there but it has the links to all my social media and it has you know all of my books are up there and Mm -hmm. um, blogs and stuff like that so you can check out there so I'd love to have you visit fabulous awesome well thank you so much for coming on and thank you for being vulnerable today and just being honest and open with your faith and um we'll have you on again sometime i love you to pieces thank you oh you know it's mutual (laughs) thanks so much thanks Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.